0: and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts Lucy Haldin
1: and Benjamin Haldin.
0: <laughs> Still not over it. <laughs> I don't think that'll ever be normal. What's well, gonna have to be isn't
1: it? I hope it is one day.
0: Yeah, but it is weird. I
1: think it'll probably normalise as we go on holidays. Oh I haven't got a wedding ring on either. Oh I've left it in my running vest that's why.
0: Sorry. That is that is to be fair the other day when we were filming for <laughs> the new High Rock section I just left my engagement ring and wedding ring on the side. 'Cause I was doing pull ups I mean, and I completely yeah, forgot your, about it.
1: Your engagement ring is worth a little bit more than the wedding ring, so just No, I know, be careful but that.
0: I am really careful. I just thought I'm gonna do a muscle up, so I just I just plugged it on the side. Don't, oh, just do a muscle up. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> crossfit. <laughs> don't do don't do crossfit, do high rocks. Yeah.
1: All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
1: Speaking of the Rocks program, we've just launched our campaign, which is Got Rocks. Get my coach.
0: Oh, so I thought you we were going to do the full campaign.
1: Yeah, I wasn't planning on doing the.
0: Got high rocks Question mark. Get a coach? Get my coach. Yeah. If you don't know it's... what that meant, you'll have to go and watch the video. You, yeah, you can go
1: <laughs> watch the video on Instagram, Facebook, on any of the, the My Coach or Man and Lucy's Instagrams or Facebooks, whatever. And we're essentially the official training partner of Hyrox, which is super exciting. We've been working on this for the last five or six months. So it's really, really nice to be able to finally tell everyone about it. It's not officially launched yet, but if you want to know more about it, we will leave the link in the description to wherever you're watching this podcast.
0: Yeah, HyRox is absolutely amazing. If you don't know what it is, it combines both running and functional workout stations where you'll run a kilometre followed by one functional fitness station and then you do it eight times. And it's a real test for your overall fitness level because I've never really done anything harder. I think the whole thing really
1: Hard, even harder than hundred k.
0: When I think, yeah, I think well, when you're doing it because you're 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 maxing out. You obviously don't have to max out. You can. I think that's the benefit of high rocks. Though you can be a complete novice, a complete beginner, or you can be the elite of the elite and really go for it. I think that's quite nice because you even see some people walking instead of running or doing it however you wish but we we really went for it and i was absolutely gassed but that's one of the best things for high rocks and in terms of my coach and the partnership we obviously will be from beginner intermediate all the way up to advanced and elite which is really exciting because if you've never tried it before and you want to do something new with the community i think it's the best thing to do so as ben said there will be a link below just where you can sign up for the waiting list all the information and be the first to know
1: yeah, I think what we, I'm, I'm going to try and get round to a couple more of the High Rocks events this year, not not training them, I have signed up to one of them, but more so just get down to them. I think what I might even do, or we might even do, is just try and arrange for like if any of my coaches are doing the events, <laughs> like arrange coaches. like a little meet-up area just for everyone to get together, because sometimes going to new events, quite, it can be quite daunting, so being able to meet up with the community and just have a chit-chat before and a coffee, I think would be really cool, and... One of the things that we're always really careful of with My Coach is that we want to be associated and partnered with things which tie into our same ethos, which for us is uniting the lifting and running community. And I think Hyrux definitely does that. But then also, as part of that, we are releasing two new coaches to My Coach, which is also being super selective as well because we wanted it to be the right people who brought value to the community. And would bring a level of programming which could both tie into people who are doing the first high rocks or people who are doing the next high rocks. And that's the benefit of having the three new programs that are going to be on the my coach portal. The other benefit is it's at 85% of the price. So yeah. high rock coaching is actually pretty expensive at the moment. Very expensive. Mainly because I think there's only three, maybe four official coaches that you can use within the UK who coach it, not talking about gyms. And uh, what digital online coaches, whereas our programs, you will actually be able to do the full twelve weeks for ninety pound. Just a That's quick one—that's fifteen percent of the price. It's sorry, eighty five percent off. I was supposed exactly, to say exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah, thank you, Carl. Eighty five percent
0: off—insane. Off. I mean, obviously, with my coach as well, what we definitely try and do is have that one to one personality and experience with the check-ins, the accountability, the tracking. And now that we've brought High Rocks into it, you're doing it for £90 for the three-month period literally seems absolutely crazy to me. But we obviously want to do that for you. And yeah, super, super excited. So make sure you hit the link and get all the info and be notified.
1: The other thing that I've just finished today, and if you're listening today, I'll be doing tomorrow. Is the world record attempt. Do
0: you do it tomorrow? No, no, not tomorrow. On Friday.
1: When this goes out. Yes.
0: Yes, you will Use be. these, listen. <laughs> Just, I'm just done, so nervous. Just done you. my last training
1: session. <laughs> How are you feeling, Ben? Feeling good. I was I was a bit nervous to start of this week because I had a bit of a dodgy knee. Uh, but the I think these things always happen. I remember going into my deload week for the marathon, and you're always worrying about little niggles and knocks, which is why I said before. I, I mean, if I could look twelve weeks back and going into the final week, I thought all I'll have is a bit of a niggle on my knee and a mm. bit of tightness through my forearm, I'd be pretty fucking happy.
0: I think I'd be surprised if there wasn't. You you're on your feet for hours holding 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. I think every single person who would do that, which nobody does because they're not as much as an animal of you, would get some sort of injury. But also people who are new to the podcast who don't have a clue what we're talking about. Ben is doing a world record on this Friday for 24 hours. He's carrying a hundred pounds, farmers carry, so that's 50 pounds per hand, per arm, per side, whoever you wish to describe that. And he's doing it round a track for 24 hours and go and donate. For,
1: it's for i'm doing it with movember for mm-hmm. uh, men with teticular cancer and also for men's mental health so
0: carrying the weight of I'm, and i'm
1: currently the sixth uh biggest fundraiser this year for movember which is great so if you can donate it'll massively help me try and get to that number one spot because that's my goal is to try and help as much as i can
0: if every podcast listener donated like 50p or a pound you'd really suppress it
1: i would so we'll leave the link in again please jump on and donate <laughs> and that's that's part that's part of today's podcast, which is all about, and I've, I've said this quote a few times, and I think it really rings true to, to what we do, is, which is, the body is an instrument, not an ornament. It's there to be yes. used, played with, utilised, tested, broken, failed, and then go again.
0: Yeah, I love that. I'm not, actually, not I supposed
1: don't... to sit on a shelf and to be looked at.
0: Yeah, I don't think you'd want your body to be an ornament, do you? Some people you do. Get... Some
1: competitive bodybuilders definitely do.
0: Yeah. It's not, it's, personally, it's not in the life for me. But yeah, I think using your bodies in all different ways and challenging yourself and doing something new. And it's not in terms of, God, challenge yourself to, to win or to be an elitist. It's just challenge yourself, whatever that might be. It could be running two kilometers without stopping. It could be, I don't know, doing your first squats. It, it doesn't have to be, like, it, basically what I'm trying to say is it's very hard nowadays not to compare to other people especially with social media and you get wrapped up in this thing of, oh, but they're doing that and they're doing this. And it's be your own individual person and see what you can achieve. It doesn't really matter about anyone else. I think,
1: again, to be fair, just to blow the high rock to, again, the, the, the good thing about that is I remember when, when you did Manchester and the thing which I turned and looked at was the 70, 75, 77-year-old woman. 77 was, was the oldest. The, the age category doing that. And it was amazing just to see that there was all walks of life there, mums, dads, grannies granddads yeah. all types of people doing it because for high rocks you do not need to do any olympic lifting because of the water i probably wouldn't do it either well, I do so it. it makes it a lot more relatable and open uh, in terms of i suppose cost of entry not financial cost of entry but cost of entry just to being able to walk a fair step a lot lower
0: i also feel it the risk of injury isn't that high yeah. because when you take out the olympic lifting so we're talking clean snatches clean and jerks all of that stuff that you do see in CrossFit. I've never done CrossFit. and I, never, I It just doesn't appeal to me that much. Whereas high rocks really appeal to me because you take away the Olympic lifting side, which takes a lot of practice and this and that, and you can get quite injured doing those sort of movements and then pops out high rocks. And it's like, well, that's that's perfect for the everyday person who wants to challenge themselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. I hope we sold it to you.
1: <laughs> the, the, so the, the thing I wanted to ask you both about before we jump into the lifting and running topics, mistakes, uh, common mistakes etc is have you both seen the new french football ad no i don't think so no oh wow okay <laughs> let's let's watch it live now all of us and we will do a live reaction to it i've seen it but it's just came out it's causing a lot of not stare it's causing a lot of uh it's got a lot of views on the internet let's just say for now
0: We'll get Cal to put it up there at the same time watch. as we react. Just
1: watch. Uh,
0: sh- Have you seen this new soccer ad? It's basically a highlight reel of the men on France's national soccer team making some sick goals. Only it's not the men's team at all. All of the goals featured in the ad were scored by France's national women's team. In each case, the original footage was edited with visual effects. Okay. Oh, wow. Ad, wow that's so clever yeah. I don't understand so it's a men's, men's football, football so, the ah, <gasps> bro, so this is
1: basically it's the, it's the French women's team are playing in games but they've masked them all with AI with the men's football team so that when you're watching it it just looks like the men's football team but then when you take it off it was actually the women's football team with the, all of the <gasps> accomplishments, goals, wow. kicks, headers etc etc oh, wow
0: cool. That's fucking awesome.
1: Cool, isn't it?
2: What's the message then behind that?
1: I I mean, I've not delved too far into the nooks and crannies of the internet to see the feedback on it. I didn't look at any of the comments because I wanted to discuss it here first before it then formed any opinion for me. Mm. I think it's probably trying to show that. Do you know what? When you don't compare the women's game to the men's game, because I think women's football and men's football are two different things. Just like... Serena Williams was talking about men's tennis and women's tennis being two different things. And I think if you don't compare men's football and women's football and you just watch women's football, it can actually be quite entertaining and if you take away that, well, this is men's football and this is what this looks like and then this is women's football and this is what this looks like. So I think when you take it on face value, it can be entertaining.
0: Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's entertaining anyway, but I think that was fantastic because it just shows women are doing the exact same thing as guys are doing.
1: I mean, I don't think it's showing that.
0: It does. You you wouldn't even know that was women playing.
1: I don't think I don't think it's trying to show that the men's game and the women's game is exactly the same. I'm, 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 no, it's showing what, okay, that they're both your, entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I think well, that's
2: that's. I mean, I'm trying to put thoughts into your head, but that's your opinion. On it. What was your thoughts, Carl? I don't know. It seems like a bit of a weird way to kind of promote women's sport by just masking men over the top of them. Like, what, what what's the message? It's like Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, like like you're saying, it's not saying that m- women are just as good as men. I don't really understand the point of it Yeah, the, I get what art. you mean, Kyle. Like, I don't know. I think that the problem with women versus men's football is that with men... Probably a lot of the people who are watching are men who wish they were out there playing the game. Whereas with women, it's probably, I don't think many women are watching, well, I don't think many women are watching full stop, but then probably not many are watching thinking, God, I wish I was one of the lionesses. They're just kind of watching supportively, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, But yeah. What what I took away from it was that was what I
1: said at the start was I think they're trying to get across is that if we stop comparing the two games, Mm. then you just see the entertainment for it. Because I yeah, think if men's point. football never existed, everyone would watch women's football and they wouldn't go, oh, well, the women's football is not as good as the men's. And that's where sometimes it's it, it, it becomes like muddied in terms of the water. The, my only caveat to that is you can take Tony Hibbert, the right back who played for Everton for 10 years, one of the worst footballs in the world. If I took 10 seconds of his 10 year career and put it into a football montage, he would look like Ronaldo, yeah. which is the only issue with football montage that you can make anyone look brilliant.
0: Um, you can do that in any sport, can't you?
1: That's what I mean, though. So they sure, they've, sure take, they've, they've taken a montage clip. of the women's football and um, sort of showing the greatest bits. I, I think the thing is, I think the way to view that the sport is they're two different sports. The, the exact same way that Serena Williams said that men and women tennis is two completely different sports. It's different speed, different power, different durations, different lengths. So if you if you do it like that instead of comparing, which is often what we tell people not to do, then I think you can really value the individual sports for what they are.
0: Yeah, I mean I just love women in sport in general.
1: I think there's been there's been more talk about who was it who was coming out about about men and women's pay in sports again. I think this always always crops up whenever these things happen. Um, I don't think they help anyone with these online conversations and arguments that go, that go on which is just a a battle between some minority of men and women online.
0: Yeah, I don't have anything to say about the pay thing. <laughs> I can't, I don't have the energy to get into that sort of debate or conversation. But no, I'm, I'm obviously like all here for women's sport. And I, and as Kyle said before, I don't want to be a footballer, but I would watch women's football. Like when the Lionesses were playing at the World Cup, I thought that was so exciting and so phenomenal.
2: I, th- I think, But I-
0: I'm not, I, I'm not interested in men's or women's football. It's not my sport. If that makes sense i think
1: like for me if 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 you're like if you just enjoy the sport in general like i really love football so i will watch men's football watch women's football watch kids football i like football so i'll watch the sport at any level yeah don't get me wrong i love watching men's football the most because i think it's for me it's the most entertaining because they're the best athletes in the world at it whereas if i was going to watch gymnastics or something i'd prefer watching the women because they're the best in the mm. world at it. not nothing to do with gender gender same time, I probably watch one of the worst football teams in the Premier League at the moment, which is Everton Football Club. <laughs> so can't be biased just towards watching the best players, but I love um, I love watching any any level of football because I'm just a fan of football. And I think you have probably find that with most people, especially people who, who will even watch England football as well, with the great achievements that the women's football teams had in fo- in that category. But also the youngsters, so the men's the 21s I think it just won the Euros. So again, like youngsters football, uh, I think there's a lot of good things going on across all levels of English football at the moment, which is really exciting.
0: I think but even I love watching like swimming because I, I used to swim. It's so good watching them. Love watching the women. Love watching the men. Athletics. Fucking love watching those women run. Like it's it's actually insane. I absolutely love watching the guys. So I just think I'm best of both worlds. But with swimming, actually, I probably prefer watching the women. And that's just personal to me. Like I don't know, it's because I am a girl, or I did it. I know how hard it is. Mm. Makes me so excited when I see them do well.
1: I just yeah, proper hyped. I I'm, I just think um I I'm on the I'm on the side of what Serena Williams are talking about where you you you're just best not comparing the absolutely the two sports because I think they're two different sports. Men are faster, more powerful, um, quicker thinkers. So they're just they're not going to be the same thing. She was even told, about if she played Andy Murray, the game would be over in fifteen minutes. Yeah. So that game was... She's fo- amazing. The football game that got ended after 40 minutes because the women's pro team played against one of the lower league men's team and got beat like 18-0 by half time. They're just two...
2: They're two completely different, different sports. yeah.
0: Just
2: out of interest. If you had to sum up the message of that video in one one line, Ben, what would that... Of the France ad? What, yeah. What would that line say? The message. What if it was like a slogan? Yeah, if you had to sum up like... okay. question that's what i'm struggling with i don't know if i can figure out what the
1: broader i mean i mean i'm sure you probably read read into the campaign but at the same time with a video message is that not supposed to translate the message in the campaign what i took from it was was what i said from the start which is i mean they're they're not saying don't compare but i i i think the message that they're trying to get across is it's it's its own sport and if if we take it on face value that women's football men's football two separate things then you can Enjoy the entertainment of it. Right.
0: I didn't take it as that.
1: Go on, Lewis, What
2: would you say? I just saw it
0: as it's kind of proving the point that women's football is just as enjoyable to watch as men's football. Because that's exactly what it was. You didn't know you were watching women. I was like, fully are fucking sick. I was like, oh my God, they're women. And you you don't know. I think that was the point. It's that's what I I, I don't yeah. I, I don't really get it, but, but I think that was the point of I the think campaign. You're saying
1: the exact same thing that what I'm saying, just in different words.
0: Yeah, it was kind of showing, like, you don't know who's playing.
1: Because if you didn't compare, there's nothing to compare to. It's the exact same thing if, if you were the only person dropped on Earth. You'd never have any issue with self-confidence. Yeah. Or, because you would never have anything to compare to. Yeah, but
0: it was showing that both of them. Were, uh, uh, just, it wasn't like, showing
1: the men's game. It was just showing the women's game. I think yeah, but it th-
0: highlighted them as AI as men. Would you look like a really good game but of football what I mean, there's, a, there's no There's no
2: men's football playing in this.
0: No, I know that, but we didn't know that.
2: Yeah, I think they were showing like how exciting the women's game is. And you only think it's exciting because it's It's men who are playing it. Which I I do kind of disagree with, but I think it's a very good concept for a video for sure. Very clever.
0: I wonder yeah i wonder if we could ask them like how did you what what is your i mean if you probably dig into the
2: the campaign more you'll probably learn more
1: about it yeah. my the the my purpose with the tony hibbert comment is and probably to relate it to people who don't watch football is like do you know when you watch a movie trailer which is a minute long and you go wow it looks mm. brilliant then you go to the movie and be like mm, that was shit that's how it can sometimes come across
0: we watched a really good film the other day didn't we go
1: on, what was this it? this is
0: a film recommendation of the podcast guys um 12 mighty orphans
1: wow yeah it was brilliant
0: it, it gave me vibes of how I feel when I watch Cool Runnings or Coach Carter because I cried at the end because I was so happy and it's to do with sport and I feel like everyone can unite with sport in, in kind of any way. That is your recommendation. It is on Netflix. It is trending. 12 Mighty Orphans. I think it's called 12 Mighty Orphans. Yeah. Have have a watch. What are the
2: ratings on Rotten and tomorrow, let us know. Cal? Critics are saying sixty percent, but audience saying ninety four. I agree yeah.
0: with the ninety four percent. good. It's it's a very heart wrenching but phenomenal true story. May it's I? It's very
1: motivating, I think, as well. Yeah, a little bit like uh, what's that guy? There's a film on the guy who was in was he during war? He joined one of the Olympic running teams. Unbroken. Is that what it's called? I
0: think it's called Unbroken where he has the log above his head.
1: With the guy who used to be one of the actors in Skins. Skins. yeah. yeah. Yes. Um,
0: Unbroken, Cook. I think it's called.
1: Yeah, it is Unbroken. Still yeah, know. another really Gosh motivating film. film. I think if you're into fitness as well, you'll you'll enjoy those kind of athletic movies which are about the, the underdog coming up.
0: But also, when they're true stories, it makes it even more relatable. That's mm. one of the best things in sport. It can be accessible for everyone because you've got sport, you've got the Olympics, you've got the Paralympics, you've got... Beginner, you've got advanced you've got amateur, 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 amateur. I don't know how you say it. You've got everything. Yeah, sorry, that film really shone, shone through. So there's mm. your film recommendation today, guys. That you mm. didn't ask for, that you got. <laughs> but we are going to dive into running and lifting. Yeah, we
1: sh- we thought we'd talk about this because obviously, with what we do, we do a lot of running and lifting. I think as our partnership developed with Rocks, which essentially is running and lifting. I think it's good for you guys to understand who are getting more and more into it. I think straight away, the thing to understand though is what we are talking about in this podcast is lifters who should run more, not runners who need to incorporate lifting because they're two very different things.
0: Yeah, I, I looked into this quite a lot a lot actually because yeah, we're coming from the side of we've, we have bodybuilded.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a fucking
0: words out. We were body. I wouldn't say I was a bodybuilder, but you were definitely a bodybuilder. I think you Hit adopted a lot of the
1: same training because we were training together though.
0: When me and Ben first got together, I used to just train like Ben. Like I just moulded into Ben and he used to put this strap around like my head that like, you rest your biceps on, and I'd just be in the gym with this like weird strap. We can find that video. Be I don't want to uh not people
1: like, getting weird ideas, me not, you fucking not pegging some me at
0: sexual... Home. I don't even know what that means, you know. Pegging? Yeah, and I don't Google it in case something really horrific comes up. That's how innocent yeah, I am. Yeah,
1: d- d- I think our Google will probably deny well, access to that anyway because you've put the parental filters on.
0: Actually, no, I, no, no, no. I didn't put parental Think. Parental. I didn't put parental blocking on it just naturally comes with that you can't turn it off
1: you can't turn it off you just told him not to
0: I don't know how. Um, <laughs> but this thing that he put around my neck did and you honestly I'm just ring up doing...
1: Sky and tell him to, to.
0: no it's just, they naturally put parental blocking on you can turn it off ours, ours you did can you turn it off did you say to the
2: guy leave it on I don't know
0: Said, yeah, basically.
2: Yes, we so don't have there,
0: parental there. blocking on. We
2: do. You do. I tried to Google glute exercises or something the other day, and my Google Images was blocked. Yeah, was something I'm like that. But I
0: think we can probably turn it off. Anyway, point aside. The strap around is not a dildo. It's <laughs> behind your neck, and I used to train like Ben, and he used to just be like, "You were so like, you look great." And I'm, I look back at that footage, and I'm thinking, I look like a fucking. Like the way it moves your arm. Do you know what the machine I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. You put the strap around it's your neck a, and you it's do bicep a, curls.
1: Bicep blaster, it's called.
0: Yeah. So we did. We're talking about who people who just significantly lifted with minimal cardio, basically not working our heart muscles in any way. So not technically as fit as you could be. Moving into running because then I was googling the opposite in terms of runners who run going into strength training. They absolutely. Should be strength training. That's another story and I will go into it. But if you are running and not lifting, you should be. So it actually works both ends of the spectrum. But yes, we are talking about hench as fuck people. Yeah. Who the re- are the going into running. The reason why
1: the main riffs, riffs, myths being around <laughs> running will make you lose. I'm
0: look, let me just mouth exercises.
1: <laughs> Can you just shut up for five minutes?
0: <laughs> we'll do some of your voice. Vo- i've finished that
1: now let's just let's mm. just be quiet okay. running will make you lose muscle uh it will make you injured it's that typical bro thing from the industry all the memes like you should skip on the treadmill and cardio and just lift weights instead and that people will compare like oh C-bum versus looking like a marathon runner and mm. you will look like this if you just lift weights and you look like this if you just do running and there's no in between with it i think they're that often common size, So I mean I definitely believe that when I first started training as well, I was like, wow, can't do any running. Can't, can't do cardio because I'm just gonna go smaller.
0: Mm.
1: And they're some of the things that we want to sort of dive into today.
0: One of the things in terms of strength training and running and getting mixed with both of them, which we will talk about, is in general, athletic bodies don't break down as much. They're more powerful in terms of their power output, they're more resilient in their training. And in general Runners who do lift weights have better running form because they're less prone to injury and their bodies are actually stronger. So that that there is based off quite a lot of facts where you'd look at a runner and think, oh, they only just run. The best runners also do strength training. Like I've done Kipchoge, I've done Mo Farah, I've done all of them. Usain Bolt, he's a bit different. That's only 100 meters. They all have strength training in their programs. They're obviously not the size a little bit bigger like we are but you absolutely if you are a runner you need to do strength training and i think if you do strength training and want to run it is the most doable thing because i think social media as you said it's really kind of put you off one
1: of the one of the main reasons why even just from a performance perspective is that you've got your trunk your core and you don't you don't want lots of rotation going through the body whilst running you don't want to be diving from side to side you don't want to be too lent forward where you've got a massive arch in your back you don't want to be too arched back to where you're putting a lot of pressure on your spine. And that's because the trunk is where all the power transfer comes through when you're lifting, when you're running. So you want a nice, tight, strong core because it mitigates the effects of too much movement through the core and loss of energy. That's one of the main reasons, even if it's just talking about core development right down to its basic principles of strength training. Developing the core through strength training is gonna make you a better runner as well.
0: When we first started running, I don't know why i laugh it's actually not funny me and ben started during the pandemic we started to get outside you know do our first like proper 5ks 10ks and i really struggled to relax as in if we go back to some of my first running videos i was literally like this wasn't i robocop you, yeah robocop to the as in just very and i always i felt really embarrassed i felt like people were staring at me and i just i just felt a little bit out of sorts and i couldn't understand and then as soon as I started to relax and actually stop comparing myself to, you know, you look at professional marathon runs and think, oh my God, they're so fluid. And then I had to remember, well, I've got quite a lot more muscle. I'm just moving into to running. I am going to look different. I think that's the beauty of it. You'll, you won't look like anyone else. Like Ben runs a bit like this. You, like, you've got big biceps. That was just an example. You do, you've got a great, But you've got like this. Whereas I'm a bit more like this. Another example. Steph runs like this.
1: Paul Radcliffe, one of the strangest techniques ever.
0: Yeah, she has like a head bob.
1: She wasn't giving head, it wasn't that extreme.
0: Well, sorry, I'm just kind of gonna give you an example. Every single person runs different. Like if you put me and Steph next to each other, we are identical.
1: The, thi- I think the thing is, our, anyway, people often worried about what they look like doing certain things if it's outside the realms of the norm. But the people who will get the most attention and be ro- most most recognized will be the people who have the most unique techniques. I was listening to a podcast this morning and it's talking about, I think one of the good things with social media nowadays is that people are unique or different get attention. Mm. And a lot of times I think it's positive attention. I think what I was referring to today is was in terms of job recruitment and looking at youngsters and if they have any individual traits or hobbies that are identifiable as being different. For example, if you were looking for an employee and the 16 year old had a hobby of being a master yo-yoer, I think the guy gave the example of, he would look at that and go, okay, that's interesting because what they do as a hobby goes against a lot of the social norms and probably has to push back against a lot of colleagues and peer pressure to be a yo-yo player because they probably had the piss taken out of them for a long time, but then they've gone, I don't give a shit. And in the workspace, that's actually quite useful to have someone who's not bothered about pressure or feedback or criticism. And I think that's one of the things that's good about the modern era of social media is that having those unique traits or habits or differences which go against cultural, social norms for a lot of people is, is really good. And they're the ones who grab the
2: spotlight a lot of the time, as opposed to people who just fit in. On a completely related note, I don't know if I've ever told you guys this. I used to be unbelievably good with a yo-yo. Did you? I had like a hundred and fifty pound like handcrafted titanium yo-yo. <laughs> it was like weirdly good with it when Mate, I was fifteen. Hundred
1: and fifty pound. Yeah, yeah, for like a, did, it,
2: did it also make your dinner and wipe your ass. Like <laughs> what pretty the- much. Yeah, it was mad. Yeah, very weird that you've mentioned that. But yeah, I used to be like obsessed with yours when I was like fifteen. Um, have have you just brought this up now? Yeah, I don't know. I'll bring it in next time. Maybe, you,
1: you, should yeah, please, on your, bring maybe you should put it Maybe you should have put it on your C V <laughs>
0: Yeah, that might That's have you know, been where, the... Air. Quick way
1: to the door. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stopped... I, sorry, to caveat. caveat. Uh, yo-yos, I used to love playing with the yo-yo. I used to love playing with that one, which is not a yo-yo, but do you remember you Diab got love. the two, the two sticks? <laughs> up in the I air.
0: loved my Diablo. I also had poise. 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 Did you have poise? Yeah. What's that? It's like...
1: The balls. <laughs> it's like the
0: right? balls on string. People no, do them I was, with fire. not that much of a wanker. <sighs> no, that was the best. Poise were cool. Me and Meg had the Diablo and the poise and everything and the spinning plates. Oh, loved it all.
1: Yeah, I love those. Loved it but all. But I stopped playing with the yo yo. I remember taking it into year four on like show and tell a day and left my yo yo on the side because it was really good yo yo. The, the ones that light up, you know, like the cool shit yeah. on your, on your yeah. shoes. I was a dog's bollocks for the day. And then obviously some little hobo had robbed it off the side, went forever, stopped playing yo yo. Is that so the reason you thought you could
0: have just got a new one?
1: No, nah, I wanted my yo yo back.
0: I could do that trick where you do that and it you walk
1: it can you oh uh, the, the sleeper <laughs> no, what,
0: no like walking I walk the dog in, yeah. like you used to do that and it used have you to seen walk. some of the
2: yo-yo players from, like the world championships unbelievable yeah, yeah. i used to be like really i used to like follow it and feel like Cal, Cal to went it the world championships bulbs, so that's crazy that, there's a whole world out there of like i mean i'm sure
1: the ratio of yo-yo players to losing virginity is probably quite oh, yeah, quite in low the, but in the depths yeah it's uh it's not one of those sports which is raising status is it but very interesting to watch
0: just pulling it back from one of the points that I was making before. And I think it's a very valid point because as we said, every runner is kind of different and unique. And I think that's what's so special about it. I'm quite a loud runner. <laughs> like You can, you are.
1: So I can... I could just hear you the other day. No, sorry. Oh, no, don't say, don't say yeah. that
0: out loud could you hear me from like a mile away. No, not
1: miles away, but I was behind the hedge and I couldn't see who was coming. <laughs> but I thought, Lucy said she's heading out about nine. Okay, huh? it's about quarter past nine now. I could hear someone running it. Oh. Yeah.
0: I do have quite a loud way my foot plants. And when I run with Steph, you can't hear her. Like we have the opposite techniques. My arms are a bit out. I'm a bit more like uptight. Steph's quite relaxed. Her hands are closer together. And our times are basically identical. So it kind of just highlights that it doesn't really matter on your shape or size or how much muscle you carry, you can absolutely still run. And I think that's what's so wonderful about what we've done with my coach and the running and the lifting community is we've got a lot of people who've just started the Beginner 5K program who have never ran before because they've kind of been told, I know you can't run, it's, it's running's it's not for you. And people have started this program and they're absolutely loving it. Obviously, I, I do think if you're running in a certain type of way that is causing injury, if you have a knee niggle, ankle, hip, because it is obviously a lot of weight bearing, potentially get your running gait tested or just have someone to have a little look. Because if you're running and it's constantly hurting every time you're putting your foot on the floor, that that might be a slight issue.
1: That's, that's the only difficult thing mm. coming from bodybuilding and doing high, a lot of hypertrophy training is that you will be quite tight and going into running. At first, you might not pick up on it, but then the more volume that you accumulate and do over time, Mm. that's where you will start to get niggles and injury if you are doing something wrong, just doing it repetitively wrong over and over and over again. But one of the things I do say to clients that we work with is running and lifting will be one of the most rewarding programs, forms of exercise that you can ever be involved with. I think the blend of the two just gives you such an endorphin release. And a high that you can't get from just doing either one individually. Mm-hmm. It's just the 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 best era of training I've been in is having both of those two married together.
0: I think what's nice as well, and this is what we both did, is the... With my coach, you have like health, aesthetics, and performance. I used to be quite aesthetically focused, which isn't a bad thing. It's not bad to care about what you look like. I still care about what I look like. It's not an egotistical thing today to say it's. I feel like if you don't say that, you're lying. Because you do, deep down, as humans, that's what we think. My health has also been very, very important to me. And I lost the performance side after I quit swimming. I just wasn't that bothered about performing in a certain way. But when I started running again, that that buzz, like as you said, like the like the high you get from from doing it, that came back through running. And it was a 360 with my training. I actually started enjoying fitness as a whole again, because it wasn't just based on what I'd look like. I think it can become very, very hard. This is why, hence, I'd never do bodybuilding or coach someone for bodybuilding, is because I, I personally wouldn't want to just focus on what I look like. I, I know for a fact, if I stepped on stage, and competed, I would probably leave with an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. I I just know that and that's me from previous history. If I was so focused on what I look like, I'd lose the enjoyment of training. I think running really, really helped and saved that for me.
1: I think it's just for a lot of people because if you start injecting performance metrics into your program, it gives you something to think about. Uh, People who will start doing things such as measuring runs, measuring PBs, measuring uh, any other kind of performance, that could be how many pull-ups you've done, no matter what it is, those people will naturally start to fall into a realm of being more aesthetic if other things and other structures of the program fall into line with that. But they won't be so tunnel vision on just losing weight just losing weight just losing weight which i think for a lot of people start to drive people mad after a certain amount of time but there's some things to think about when you're going to run and lifting which is referring back to what i spoke about before of you you're you're never going to be the best either it's just you've got to get over that fact that fact you're not going to be able to step on the olympic stage and then go and run the world's quickest marathon and them two just don't lend themselves in that capacity but that's fine because i think most people probably aren't looking to do that but you can get a, a lot from doing both and one of the things and the reasons for that is something called the notion of cross signaling and this is something that we i want to speak about today because a lot of things that we spoke about is trying to separate running and lifting away from each other as much as possible whereas with higher rocks you've got to blend the two and try and get a good blender too so cross signaling is basically where you're looking to build muscle and build your aerobic capacity through running, obviously. And it's not great at, the body's not a great at to both at the same time, which is essentially what CrossFit and Hirocs is. So usually you will be better separating them up. I.e., I think the most optimal time is to lift 24 hours after running or at least leave an eight hour gap, which for most people isn't doable, which is why, I mean, through the high Rock training, you tended to weight train fast and then do your aerobic stuff after. Hit hit training being a little bit different though. Hit training you can merge much closer with your strength training sessions, and it doesn't have as much of a detriment effect to performance. Which I think why high rocks probably lends itself so nicely to being both because it's not long slow runs; it's intense bursts of running straight after doing the lifting stations, isn't it? So, I mean, for that, how did you? program most of your training around the HyROX event when you were going the gym
0: yeah so when i was prepping for high rocks i'd do all my strength sessions first all my strength sessions first all my high rock sessions yeah. first and then i'd run if it was a double day i'd run after um but then if you do like a 360 so a good comparison when i did my 100k k. I'd run first Mm -hmm. and then I strength train. So I think it depends on your current goal. Like if you've got a high rocks coming up, do your strength training and your high rock sessions first. If you have a running race coming up, do your runs first. Because what you just have to remember is whatever you do first is when you're going to feel the best. So if you have like a hard running session, for example, if you are training twice in one day, do that first. Or if you had a hard running session one day and a strength session the next day, do the running first if that's your goal but if not you've got high routes coming up which is actually the way that we've structured your programs on the app is in this particular way and obviously you can absolutely move your workouts around on the app to your lifestyle but yeah we would say do your your functional fitness your strength training um before an easy run for example but you just wait for some of those those interval sessions that like you've got in the HyROX Rocks program because they are I, hard. I
1: think what you've highlighted there is the fact and the beauty of the lifting and running is that depending on where your goal is, so for mm. example, at either end of the spectrum, one will be a bodybuilding competition, one will be a running competition. You can move the scale up and down depending on what the event or what the thing is you're prepping for. So if, say, for example, you've got a High Rocks, which is probably a bit balanced more in the middle, where it, it, it it's close to being 50% of each with running and lifting. Then you can put position your trainers, I don't know, if, you're, if you really wanted to separate your lifting and running up, you would do three strength, say, three running or robot base days. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to do a bodybuilding competition, obviously you'd either drop the running right out, right out or just tone it down. And if you're doing a running event, you'd slightly upscale the amount of running that you're doing and maybe downscale the amount of lifting that you're doing. That's the beauty of being hybrid is that it's not a fixed asset. It doesn't mean that you have to train this many days lifting, this many days running, because you can... flick flick that up and down depending what you're training for, which I think is what is so nice of it. Whereas if you're just a fixed runner or fixed lifter, you really only have one style of training which you can't scale up and scale down so much.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think one of the things that's really important that we should touch on is, because this kind of sits above it all in terms of maintaining and building muscle whilst running is obviously the food, like your food intake and how much you're eating on a day-to-day basis and we always say to people, so you can request calories and macros with the app and we'll always ask what pe- what program people are doing because if they're doing the marathon program, but their goal might have fat loss in it, you're not gonna be put in a deficit because the amount you're running will increase and the amount of energy you'll be expending, you do not wanna be in a deficit when you're training for a marathon. You want to be at maintenance or in a surplus because what you don't realize is running is not a very good form for weight loss or or fat loss in general because it's quite strenuous on the body. Your hunger will increase massively and it's just quite high impact whereas you do something like this, or walking on a treadmill or small burst interval sessions and you have to think about increasing your calories when you do introduce that running because it, it just takes a lot out of you. Like especially when you first start, you you do feel you feel a little bit knackered when you're introducing it. And the food, I think, personally just has to increase with it.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people have that mis, uh, misconception that, oh, I train for a marathon, and I'm going to lose a shitload of weight. My mate, the best man, Danny, at the wedding, messing me with the day about helping him with the marathon next year because he's got a space for London. It's like, oh, I just drop a shitload of weight. Most people won't. Mm. Most people especially people i've spoke to or have done reading about online they don't actually lose that that much weight because the amount of energy and intake you need to fuel yourself for those sessions sometimes counterbalances with food and with with the session that you've done and then it becomes a real it becomes really difficult if you're trying to lose weight during that period because being in a deficit trying to expend a lot is so fucking hard
0: i also think as well it's not a it's not a good headspace to be in. I will not lie. If you do some long runs, you burn shit tons of calories. If you're too focused on those calories, you'll become obsessed with how much you burn on those runs. And I think that's not a good place to be. And this is why you need to be eating more food. Like, think of it as you're doing this run. Okay, what can I do to fuel my body? How am I going to get through? What should I have before? What should I have after? How much food am I having? It's, it's like when I did the 100, I was like, I need to start tracking calories because I've lost five kilos. Like, oops, fuck, shit, that was not, that was not intentional. We had to put me on a lot more calories because I was I was losing. Mm-hmm. I was becoming very quite skinny and I, I hated how I looked.
1: But that's extreme because not that many people- It was extreme, a but a
0: marathon as well, You people still can drop weight. And I think if you're not aware of what you're eating, This is we're talking about people who are running and lifting, and you want to maintain some muscle to maintain the muscle if you're prepping for a marathon. You get all the food in. Mm -hmm. You've got you've got to get the calories in. I think the
1: sad thing is for some people that they turn running into a hamster wheel and just use it as a means to expend calories, and that Mm -hmm. really spoils what running actually is. So I 100% agree with the mindset of you should use running and see food and exercise as fuel for the sessions, not exercise a means to expend the food that you've eaten. And one of the things within there in terms of being able to keep muscle is something called the interference effect, which is basically a reduction in strength and muscle building gains when you introduce aerobic work like running um, and people getting hindered by it. It, it tends to own, only really affect people who are more mature in terms of training who are already holding a lot of muscle tissue um, as opposed to new lifters uh, mm-hmm. or new people to the gym. If you're injecting running there from the start, it's a you get a little bit less of the of the interference effect, but it's not always optimal for people in terms of setups to be able to, again, separate those sessions up from running and lifting and leave that space in between. But it's something that we need to be aware of. Is the interference effect, which is essentially what plays the role in you not being able to be jacked out your mind and being fast as fuck.
0: I love that. I didn't know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Never heard of that before. One of the things, we we really struggled with this when we first started running. You can probably guess what I'm going to say. When we first started running, what is one thing that we... Running
1: hard all the time.
0: We were just absolute savages. We just, honestly, we both got on a run and we used to prep ourselves up and think, hey, yeah, 5 kpb Next day, 10 kpb, pb. 5 kpb again. We just didn't have this I think the mindset of everyone. Yeah, no, I do. I yeah. think that's why it's important we touch on it. And... You then have this thing where you you just run hard every single run, you become competitive with yourself and think you need to keep doing better and better and better. It's like going to the gym and doing a one rep max every single day. It's just not gonna work, you're gonna burn yourself out, you'll become frustrated why you're obviously not PBing on every single run. And it's something that we had to learn to pull back and introduce easy aerobic runs because to become a faster runner, you have to improve your aerobic capacity. It is so important. And when we first started, we, we we were basically walking, weren't we? To put it lightly. And a lot of people worry about, they're like, I'm basically walking to get my heart rate down. And it's like, well, that's okay. Because over time, you're going to become fitter. Your capillary development is one of the biggest things. So you have more oxygen around your body. As you become fitter, the running pace will increase as your heart rate stays down. But it's a bit of a... Um, it's a bit of a longer process when think, you first start.
1: I think it requires you to drop the ego as well, I remember. Yeah. I remember we used to put up some times on Strava after we'd been for runs. Oh, easy run. It wasn't easy run. Heart rate. I remember, like I, remember <laughs> I remember Fergus messaging me one day. He's like cuz of the, the pace. He's like, "What what was your heart rate?" I was like, "I don't know, mate." I don't know. And then when I, was, I think one of the best things to start doing if you want to take running seriously is tracking heart rate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not the be-all and end-all because people before we had heart rate trackers were running and getting better at running for a long time. But it's a great metric as a beginner to start utilizing and using because it will give you a basis to if you are actually doing an easy run. Because people who are training for marathons, especially a longer distance events, or you want to build your rubric base, need to be doing 70, 80% of their runs as easy runs. And unless you're tracking your heart rate, you won't know that. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a vital tool to, to use. And again, this all comes back to scale and volume as well. You need to really realise what is your starting point and what does it require for you to get better, not somebody else because everyone's starting place is different. And this is even even going back to my world record attempt that I'm doing at the moment, I wasn't going, oh I'll do an hour today, but then next week I'll do four hours. That just mm-hmm. wouldn't be clever. It wouldn't it wouldn't be yeah it wouldn't be clever, but it wouldn't be uh, a scale of volume which is in tangent with where my end goal is like and that's just what causes people to get injured as well when you take two bigger jumps in terms of percentage of volume you're doing week to week and again with running it doesn't always have to be harder doesn't always have to be faster it can just be a a little bit longer distance it could just Mm. be a little bit longer time and there are easy ways to make incremental games without just going i know i'm going to run harder
0: yeah and most of the time if people have hit a plateau with running, it's because you're not doing those easy aerobic runs. You, you, aerobic means with oxygen. The more capillaries you have, the more oxygen is getting to those muscle fibres. The easier it is to get rid of waste products, there's lactic acid, which you will feel when you run. And we have it in all the high rocks programs. You'll have an interval runner and you'll have an easy run as well. One of the, uh, what is that? Is that space rock? That sounds like a rocket.
1: We have, wow. uh, we, but by us, we've got uh, an airport. I think it's- uh, Airfield. Airfield, yeah. On, that was uh, definitely a rocket. I don't think it was a rocket. Not list. a
0: rocket, but the ones that- um, A jet. Yeah, a jet. So one, sorry, what?
1: one of the things I'd noted down, which you referred to before, is mm. it's it's actually called, when it comes to nutrition for running, is the uh, caloric effect of training. No, the caloric cost of training. The reason why I bring this up is because if you're pumping out an extra 4,000 calories of energy per week- versus someone who's lifting and uh, expending 4,000 calories less, less. This can be a factor, especially if you're in a deficit in terms of try and retain muscle tissue. So you've got to think about those things. If you start running, what is your overall energy expenditure going up by? Because if you don't replace that, then it's going to be difficult for you to hold on to muscle tissue, hold on to strength and also for you to recover. Mm-hmm. So think about the caloric cost of training. Whenever you're introducing new training or more training, there's going to be a cost for that extra stimulus or sacrifice that you're making
0: do you know something really valuable that i'd quite like to bring up as well that i think shoot is important if you start running you will you will quite like to post your runs on strava on instagram i do it i love it i i I like posting and sharing the other day someone said to me i think you need to be really careful when you're posting your easy runs because it'll offend other people and I thought, shut the fuck up because that is a ridiculous comment. That's like me going, Kipchoge, you're making me feel shit because you're running at a 250 kilometre and I'm running at a 450. This is on it. Me and Ben were just like, you cannot. You, if I make you feel bad, it's, I am who I am and my fitness level is where I've got it to where it is and, and my easy run is my easy run. I run I run at a fa- so five minute cave-ish. That is my easy run. That's what I've worked to over the past two years. And I would never compare myself to a pro marathon runner because I'd feel like absolute shit because they run at 330 kilometer paces and that's their easy run. I just think you are your own individual person. You're on your own journey. It doesn't matter about anyone else. I don't compare to other people running who are 10 times faster. You just need to be your own individual self. And I thought I'd make that point because I thought that's not it. You, You don't no, I don't feel bad that I've my so, easy so, cases. To be my fair, though, the,
1: these type of people have, have got a, a term called "fucking idiots. Ah. Because you, <laughs> I don't, I don't watch. For example, I don't watch McGregor in a UFC fight. That we can go. Oh, why the fuck are they showing this? Because I'll never be able to fight like that again. That's that. That's their own problem. That they're trying to jump the gun and go too far ahead Mm.
0: you should take inspiration from people 100 percent
1: that's that's the whole difference between imitation and motivation inspiration though you don't you're not trying to imitate what other people are doing and but at the same time like if you watch people on social media who don't make you feel good unfollow unfollow them don't don't try and put out your negativity on other people or don't try and put your own feelings of negativity of comparing onto other people when it's not their issue, it's your issue, because mm. guess what? They don't even know you exist. It's they like- don't know you <laughs> exist and you're projecting your own shit onto them.
0: It's like when I did that powerlifting competition, RIP, never again. Um, people were benching like 140 and I was like 70, let's go. Like so proud of myself, not even looking what they were doing because I'm thinking I'm not even gonna compare because I'm really proud. That I benched 70 even though it was a no lift I don't really care you just you just really I think when it comes to performance you're your own individual person and I think it's just it's definitely something that I've learned along the way because yeah I did used to compare to people I think it's very important not to do that and just pull yourself into your goals what you want to achieve and remember that you're running and lifting and you're you're kind of doing it for a different a different purpose as well so yeah really really try not to be that person but if
1: if if somebody else winning makes you feel a certain type of way that says more about you than it does than them. I'm not saying that jealousy and envy aren't important emotions as well, by the way, because they are, but how you decide to act on them is important. We were having a conversation about this yesterday. I won't mention names, but I have seen someone within the space who's, who's done a lot and doing a lot and will continue to do a lot. And every time they do something, I will reach out, and say well done congratulations whereas i think the shoe on the other foot they see it as competition or i can't mm. be seen to like reward that and and sometimes that's a personal thing But i'm the type of person who will always congratulate people even if it's in the same field i think people think the world's smaller than it is and that there's only so many fish in the sea to be had the, no matter what the competition or whatever the goal is
0: Yeah, you're really fantastic at doing that actually, in general in the fitness space you'll always, and I've learned this from you quite a lot, like congratulating other people on their achievements because again, you can have direct competitors, you know, my coach will have certain competitors in the industry and every PT will, but just congratulate people because you're all in your own different space and you'll all have completely different goals. They they will all be different, even though some may be quite similar in terms of, I wanna grow this much, or, I wanna have this many clients. You're doing it in your own specific way. And I think, yeah, that's definitely a good thing to say to personal trainers who are listening or in the fitness space just be happy for the people. Don't be resentful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, 100%. And on that note, that's all my notes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, I
1: thought. But bye for now, guys. I because thought, Lucy's notes have run out.
0: I thought. No, the only other point I had actually was just describing what interval runs is, but it kind of just goes. It is what the name but states.
1: How How would you split your week if you're someone who's lifting at the moment and wants to start running?
0: If you're lifting, say for example, four days a week. Uh, I would probably suggest, it so this is where it depends, whether you want to.
1: always, it depends. Yeah,
0: whether you want to increase to six sessions a week by adding in two runs, because I think you should always be doing two runs a week. It could be an easy run and an interval, tempo, fartlek, some sort of, that sort of training. I think you should have two, but that easy run could be a 2K, could be a 4K. If you're a pro, it could be a half marathon, whatever it is. I think two runs a week to start off with is really important. Now, whether you pop that 4K on the end of an upper body workout, so you're still training like five days a week and you just add another run in, um, or you just have your, you get up a little bit earlier and run that easy run, and then you are technically doing six sessions a week, but you kind of, it's hard to kind of say because your easy run could just be super easy, super chill, kind of like going out for a walk, or yeah, add it into another session. I think it's really important when you first start is to make sure that your runs are, are more around your upper body days than your leg days because at the start you will have Doms from your leg day going into runs and you might find it quite difficult. I I still get it a little bit, but I'm not really as fussed about it now. Or doing upper body, you might have had a back day and then you go into your run and you think, I am a robot, like I feel so stiff. It's just something that your body becomes accustomed to. But yeah, I'd always try and introduce two runs, which my coach does with my program.
1: I I think for a lot of people, what they'll struggle with when they first go from running to lifting is that old bro style of thinking, which is, if I start running, I'm going to lose loads of weight. Or I'm going to shrink. Or I'm going to get smaller. And sometimes after runs, you will feel less pumped and that's just because you've lost a lot of glycogen during your run, you'll feel a lot flatter. But, so for example, I've gone from training six, seven weight sessions per week to doing three weight sessions per week, just doing lower push-pull. Not really lost any muscle tissue. In fact, I think I'm a similar if not the same weight that I was doing the six sessions per week, mm-hmm. the only thing you will have to deta- detach yourself from is your identity as a lifter or as a bodybuilder and to take up something else. Because it's exact same when you start running. When you start running, you don't identify as a runner. You go, I'm going to go for a jog. I'm going to go for a run. Then after four, five, six weeks, you go, I'm a runner. You start identifying with the thing that you're doing. And sometimes that can be dangerous when you pigeonhole yourself into different things. It takes a little while to get yourself out of that pigeonhole and out of that box and being able to place yourself in different ones, which is the the whole concept of hybrid training, really being able to dabble in different things. This is, this is what I've enjoyed with the world record attempt, with Farmers Carry, with Muay Thai, with uh, functional training, with bodybuilding, is that I can go into anything and try a little bit of everything. And the amount of training volume you actually need to retain muscle is a lot lower than what you think it is. And this is my whole ethos of now combining all these different elements of fitness is that I'm great at nothing, but ready for anything.
0: I do like that saying. I think I think it's a really, for us and what we do and our members, it is that.
1: I mean, it, that perspires, right, where perspires?
0: I don't think, I think perspire means sweat.
1: Is it? I think it might be. I think I, what I project in my head in terms of ideas when I'm carrying the handles is a little bit different to how nicely put that. Because I think, well, what do I think? I think when I'm in the depths of like really hard in the world record prep, I'm like, yeah. Great nothing nothing, ready for anything. Like I'll chase you down. I'll run after you. I'll fuck you up. I'll lift you. Like I'm, the thing that's going through my head when I'm thinking about all these different elements of strength training, because that's what helps dr- drill it into my head and keep it going. I'm ready for anything.
0: Positive affirmations. Yeah, It's kind of like, I was in the gym this morning being like, you're an animal. just like Yeah, yeah. you've got to <laughs> tell
1: yourself those things. You've got to tell yourself you're fucking awesome. Whacking my legs
0: like, you're an animal.
1: But there is a ceiling to that. Me and Kyle discussed this, I think, again on WhatsApp a couple of weeks ago. And I think we were, tr- I don't know if there's an actual term or theory for it. If there isn't, we might have to try and coin one about people who get told they're great over and over mm. and over again too much before actually doing anything. Because one of the issues and problems with, I think, social media and online influence at the moment is that, People's say has become more value than what they do, and that's because you can't always see what they do, but you can know what they say.
0: I actually posted a thread the other day, basically talking what, what, about that. What
1: was the thing that we, we did? We coin a term for a calendar?
2: No, I think it was just narcissism was the closest yeah. we got. But it's more about like the inflated self of self worth that you get with yeah. all these positive
1: comments. You you're told that you're great all the time when you actually haven't done anything. Yeah, I think that become become a very tall building to fall from as well when you've let it get that high in terms of your ego and then when you're actually faced with something difficult or hard you find out well you know what I'm not that prepared and not that great
0: I really love affirmations and I think they can be super beneficial but what's even more valuable taking action and actually doing the thing
1: this is why I love that Goggins quote which has done around the round to share of him saying in order to be confident and to be competent in what you're doing and believe in yourself, you need a stack of undeniable evidence Mm. from previous experiences to have that. Because to think that you are unbeatable at something that you've never done before is just delusion versus you believing in yourself and having self-confidence because of the experiences that you've gone through and the failures that you've already had.
0: Yeah, we do love a hard as fuck Gargan's quote, don't we?
1: But I think that's... You
0: also have to start somewhere. You kind of got to do not take the action for a while before you can kind of get that evidence
1: yeah but i, I also kind of get where the what's a, the a term called imposter syndrome can sometimes creep in mm. when you're trying to tell yourself i am the best at this when you've never done it before
0: yeah that's that is hard like fake it, till you make it's, it, it, it of, yeah of it's, it's like, almost oh. getting to those realms yeah.
1: of real delusion I'm, I'm all for delusional optimism but there's i think a ceiling for it as well
0: do you know my last piece of advice to everybody Take Lou roll on runs. Oh,
1: God. I thought it was actually going to be a serious piece of life. I actually
0: think that is serious. Everyone's got the
1: bowels of a five year old, you know. Do
0: you know running nappies exist? And (laughs) I shit you not. Fucking hell.
1: All all fucking wardrobes are going to end up with just these ice ball, snowball briefs and shitty running knickers.
0: I am contemplating for my marathons this year to run in a nappy. Just a a human ad. (laughs) No. A human adult running nappy because if you have runner's stomach, you uh, and you're going for a time. What do you do? I actually, I actually am. That's the only thing I'm worried about for my marathons. I mean, with the 100k, I could stop every stop everything to go to a port-a-loo. I don't have time to do that in a marathon. But no, I actually think it's a viable piece of information. Just in case, take the roll. Yeah, you will not regret that decision.
1: In terms of like the scale that we're looking at in terms of bodybuilders, runners, and stuff, thank you for that amazing advice. You could just take a pack of what are they call little wet wipes. Yeah,
0: wet wipes might be better. Yeah, much. <laughs> Do you know it's actually awful? We've we're not gonna just bring up where I've shit myself on a run, but
1: <laughs> every way you can think of.
0: I don't know what it is with me
1: because we leave the house and you go...
0: Oh, no, but I'm I go to, no, go no, to the no.
1: toilet before you leave the house. No, no,
0: but I do. I go like twice. And then for some reason, I don't know if it's the way that I run, or I'm so like I don't know what it is. I can't wait
1: till we go and stay somewhere and Does you're, make, you're shitting in no a field no. and the farmer goes past like. I uh, feel I'm so sorry. Right, you
0: just, I don't you, think that you, would be You're a shitting in my back on. Yeah, but I just, I just feel I feel like if what do you do? What do you do? So I don't know the answer, which is it's nothing to do with my 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 diet, what I have before. I cut out coffee and I have peppermint. T- nothing changed <laughs> except my heart rate. So it is actually quite awful. Could you
2: take like a... Um, no, an Imodium. No. Yeah, why not?
0: No, cab, because then you're just blocked up. And then yeah, what about a... if it happens? So say if I'm doing a marathon, what about if it happens to like 30k and the Imodium's dissolved? And I'm literally...
2: It's less likely to happen if you take an Imodium.
0: Just I did a, contemplate take
2: that. Take a little bump, little bump, just in case you need
1: it. <laughs> a, little, a little bump in the middle of the marathon. a marathon.
0: Okay. But then I looked at adult running. This this is, this is actually is a serious thing. It's a common thing. It's not just me, and I've spoken to other people about it. So thank you very much. Um, but take the roll, and then you don't have to use a leaf. Yeah, nice. Yeah, there you go.
1: Fun
0: first.
1: Uh, one of the things we have touched about in this podcast is scaling and... The amount that you're training and overtraining, etc., especially with running and lifting, which is a lot of stress on the body. But one of the things that I do believe is that the body is is actually really amazing. It's capable of anything. We we see year on year, people breaking world records, people breaking PBs, people breaking other people's records, people doing things that they said the human body was never going to be able to, to be capable of. And I think that's one of the great things to remember all the time is that if you're thinking, "Am I overtraining this week?" Probably not especially if you're a trained lifter or runner is that the body's capable of adapting to a lot of things and i think again I hate to bang on about the world record bring one of those things my, the way that my body has adapted over the past couple of weeks is amazing to the stimulus that i've given it and one of the reasons for that is something called neural adaption or sensory adaption which is essentially a sensory adaption or neural adaption is a little bit like i put my hand on this table i can feel the cold of the table i can feel the material of the table i know what it feels like it feels significant to what's going to my brain but if I continue to do that every day over and over and over, the effect of the sense or the feeling of what the table feels like, I don't really notice it as much because I'm doing it so many times. And that's what mm-hmm. neural sensory adaption is. Same with your training. If you're continuously showing up day on day on day and day and you've got that stimulus, the adaptation to it from the body over time, it doesn't become as hard. And that's why we've got yeah. to scale the volume of training. But again, the body is super adaptive to anything that you throw at it. Which I think is amazing as well. And I was speaking about this before in story. And if you're someone who's got Harrocks event or a marathon or something that you're looking forward to this year, one of the most powerful things that I've thought about with this prep is that uh, at the start of prep. Sorry, <laughs> you not. Into- <laughs> what was that? My tongue licking my fucking <laughs> lips so I can still speak. Honest to God,
0: I've just never seen someone you do need that help, without yeah. food. Usually it's like
1: I can't, I can't breathe, food. I can't drink. She left the, she left downstairs yesterday, Carl, because we're eating a protein cookie. It's <laughs> not even loud. I was no, eating it though, Liz. <laughs> no, <fucking> wasn't.
0: <laughs> no, we were actually in the office, and I said, "Hey, really we sorry. were in a restaurant
1: the other week. This couple was ten feet away, ten feet away from us, and she went bang. K- <laughs> Can you hear that? What? That guy over there in this bed just yeah, eating the bowl no, spaghetti no no no, no. He he's just eating, eating the bowl spaghetti just leave the man no, alone no, to no. eat his dinner without no he wasn't no eating. no no he no, wasn't helping.
0: eating he was slurping his tea and it was like it's actually no it actually has a name and yeah get it's a called a you problem <laughs> no it's not it's not a me problem it's an actual thing
2: is it misophonia is yes
0: it's that called? Slurping. Yeah, but
1: whose problem is that? It's not the guy eating the bowl of spaghetti. It's you.
0: Oh, I know. It's my phobia, my my issue.
1: Deal with it then. God.
0: Yeah. But they also weren't. They were like on the table right next to us. Sorry. Do you know what I also can't wait for?
1: What?
0: You know how you and Cal always joke when I bring up my 100K? Like, oh, I did 100K. I oh, can't yeah. wait for you to do a world record. No, because speak I will never it.
1: mention it ever again.
0: You'll speak about I'll be able to go, oh, I did a world record. <laughs> Can't Di- wait for that. The
1: difference is I'll be able to get a book out about it. Oh, what do
0: you about it? What it I'm bringing out a book. I'm bringing out, I can bring out a book. I'm not
1: bringing out the book. What do you mean? Guinness World Record Oh, book? you'll
0: be in the book. Well, I'm going to do one up. I will bring out a book. Okay. Hit, hit it here first.
1: <laughs> but the thing I was getting at before you interrupted <laughs> about the spaghetti thing is if you've got something coming up, High Rocks, a Marathon, whatever the event may be, is one the really powerful things that I've thought about is me... I thought about this this morning. I thought about the start of prep. Me walking through the door. So I thought about this in week one. Me walking through the door as me in week 12. And I'd I'd done every single training session. I'd put every bit of effort into it. And what would that person look like? And what would that person say? And how ready would he be? And I wanted to envision me being that person. Because that guy in 12 weeks would be a lot different to the person that I am in week one. And I'd be fucking an animal and ready for it i think during this prep i've done pretty much everything that i could do bar the two week injury period to be ready as possible for the event but i think it's super powerful to use to think about that person that will walk through the door in 12 weeks time or show up at the event in 12 weeks time and what that person would look like if you hit every session and put everything into the sessions you've got up until that point
0: well that's sport visualization that's so many people do it, they, a lot of swimmers do it. I think Michael Phelps used to do it. He used to, like, lie there and envision winning. All of his races used to go through, like, taking getting on the block, taking his hat off, clothes, getting on the block, diving in, every single stroke, every single turn. F1 drivers do it. There's been studies on F1 drivers. Um, it's in a film with the bobsleigh people. It's really, so you literally envision yourself crossing the finish line, doing the whole thing.
1: Doing the thing.
0: Doing the thing. I had a sports psychologist when I swam. And we used to Yeah. I just struggled a lot with like pressure. And they used to do that with us. You used to sit there on the sofa at home and you'd envision yourself the whole process of the competition and like winning the race.
1: Sport pressure. I mean, uh, this is a whole nother topic or yeah, different, different podcast. I was listening to Frank Lampard on a podcast, the old Everton manager. The pressure that sports people must be under now with the rise in social media it must be so difficult because years ago as he was saying you would see yourself in the paper every now and again rated out at 10 whereas now footballers are coming off the pitch and looking at the abuse on twitter on instagram the comments on posts your shit you need to leave the club like all these things on top of the media on top of being a youngster on top of not being ready for it Mm. it must just be so difficult Mm. so difficult i was even thinking about this morning when i was listening to a podcast about imagine how different it is even just for our mindset now. And this is why i worried about social media. Of 25 years ago, 30 years ago, what would your screen time have been?
0: Well, I had, I will, how many years ago?
1: 30 years ago. I
0: wasn't alive. I know,
1: but I'm asking a metaphorical um, question.
0: <laughs> just showing you all how young I am. No, I had, I would not none.
1: Exactly. And uh, compared to how it is now. Yeah, but we, but we still saw the same 24 hours in a day. It's not like you mm. grow extra time. How much time we had to give up? I, it hit home this morning when I was listening to the podcast, thinking about it.
0: I think it was Chris's podcast. Also a great podcast is actually the one we did last week with King of Chemo. If you want to think about viable of time, I'm not going to say much more. And it'll stop you scrolling. It'll stop you just pissing around when you listen to that podcast. I'm not going to tell you why. I think you should just go back take my word for it and listen to that podcast yeah
1: but that's one of the only things with social media that hit home for me is that how much time we now give up as opposed to 30 years ago and how we still have those same 24 hours in a day so something has to give mm. which again why is running so great because you can't be on your phone texting away while you're running
0: yeah that yeah that is very true get outside get in fresh air
1: to finish off the podcast <laughs> i think if you're looking at doing a high rocks the things that i'd be asking myself because i'm about to do my first one so i'm taking a lot of advice off lucy and a lot of advice off the two new coaches that we've just taken on one of the them by the way who's the male coach Maybe runs a 5k in 15 fucking minutes i was nearly what? sick when he told me when we were filming
0: runs a marathon there in two hours 45
1: and does a half in 70 minutes 72, 72 minutes makes me feel sick it's
2: very fast. Yeah. when you're talking about half marathon time and you the word out of your mouth doesn't start with one hour and yeah. that is well two hours and but the fact that he says 70 minutes just yeah. it's over an the, hour it's
0: the 70 thing that just yeah which yeah. obviously we can't announce the coaches yet so keep your eyes peeled for the 31st but this is why it's link. so
1: great because it's the caliber for the elite program or the advanced program that we've got is it's being run by uh a guy who's in the pro division of of high Rocks, but mm-hmm. then we've got programs for beginners so i'm going to be going through those over the next five months because i'm going to be doing my first high rocks hopefully in pairs at manchester but the things i'm thinking about which i think you should probably think about as well is what, what are your weak points 100 so what are, your, what are your weak points you need to address within the training especially through the eight stations and running because one thing you don't want to forget is that basically high rocks is a running event with lifting it's not just lifting with a bit of running so be prepared for the running element because i think it's something that people are Underprepared for
0: be prepared for the eggs, yeah.
1: How many days do you have to dedicate to training? Not everyone's got six days a week they can train. What do you want to achieve? So, what's the result that you want to get? Do you want to complete or do you want to compete? It's two mm. big different elements. Um, and then, yeah, work from there. Then you can start to think about what your training is going to look like or what program you want to choose to do,
0: yeah. I'm just well excited for this. I think it's. I think it's. We know you're all excited as well, and we just wanted to touch on it today in terms of like the high rocks, the running, lifting, and because that is us. That is my yeah. coach. That's the community. That's what we do. Do
1: you know why else? That's good. Do you know if you've been one in person in life who's, who enjoys fitness, but you're not good at swimming, or you're not good at football, or you're not good at something specific, and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't really want to go and play Sunday football. I don't really want to enter. Competition to swimming go down that route i don't really want to go into doing running events and you think but i'd like to have some accountability to my training i think that's where hyrox is really good
0: yeah they've nailed it
1: because you don't have to have been good at anything and you don't have to go into something which is super competitive you can just show up and go i want to test myself a little bit in a good fun place which is actually really accessible
0: yeah the atmosphere is unreal it's really supportive as well i think that's what they've done well i think crossfit i'd be i'd be terrified to go into any crossfit box i think it's quite elite Mm -hmm. i know obviously they have nice boxes around but i'd be scared um so in our facebook group we're going
1: to be talking a lot about it we're going to be doing a couple of lives over the next couple of weeks on train of high what it is so if, if you're not too sure about it or if you want to ask me and lucy any questions on a live make sure to jump into our community facebook group yeah which is my coach community on facebook
0: And we hope you love this podcast. Don't forget, 31st of July, something might be releasing. Yeah,
1: that's when the program is releasing.
0: And make sure that you stay tuned for the podcast. Keep subscribing, keep commenting, keep leaving reviews. Everything you do for the podcast when you do subscribe, because we know a high percentage of you aren't subscribed on YouTube and Spotify. It really helps us. It helps us get to where we are now, and it'll help us improve the podcast even more and get some fantastic guests on. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we'll catch you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.